Hello, my Sola Travelers. We are here today with Nalini, a good friend of mine and fellow Sola Traveler. Uh, and today we're just going to riff a little bit. I think, um, I, I don't know what it is about Nalini, but everywhere I've been in the world, like the most remote places in Latin America to like, I don't know, places in, I want to say Asia, but it's not true, but it could happen. I foresee it happening. I'll go somewhere and I'll meet someone on one of my solo journeys and somehow they are connected to Nalini. Like most people use Kevin Bacon. In my life, it's been six degrees of separation from Nalini. I don't understand it, but the woman has been around and she has made some friends along the way. Um, and I'm really excited to have her here. Uh, Nalini, welcome to Solo Traveler. Thank you for having me, Ricky. It is my greatest pleasure. I'm not sure if uh, that's as much a testament of how much I've traveled or to your, um, as some might put it, extreme extrovertedness. Yeah. No, and we'll get there. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> but but it, is, it is sort of just like this weird, this weird, like, uh, how do you call it? Like weird coincidences. Like I always meet someone and they're like, oh, I, I went to school with Nalini. Or like, I traveled the mountains and hunted eagles with Nalini in Mongolia. And I'm like, of course you did. Because as yeah. Nalini will tell you, you lived in Mongolia. You've had like a very interesting life. Would you tell us about it, Nalini? Sure. <laughs> um, where to begin? Well, um, I think my love for and kind of natural inclination to traveling probably comes a bit from having parents from different countries, different cultures. Um, my mom is from Mexico. My dad is from Trinidad and Tobago. So growing up, um, we always spent some summer breaks or winter breaks traveling to uh, those countries to visit family. So travel, um, you know, discovering different cultures, being away from home has always been something, I guess that was just built into my yeah. uh, way of living. Um, and I think that really just opened up a, you know, a love for seeking that out um, and wanting to see more of that um, with friends, with um, family on my own. Um, so yeah, it's been a been a I don't know a crazy ride <laughs> yeah but you go um, you just like you go with the flow because you know you I mean you had no choice but to go with the flow right which sort of sets you up in an interesting position like you moved around a lot you moved from when you were little you grew up in Maryland right yep grew up in Maryland um, like I just said traveling to Mexico and Trinidad visiting family um, then moved to, was mostly based in Maryland, um, through middle of high school and then, um, moved to Mongolia, yeah. um, did my last two years of high school there. And honestly, I think that experience probably, um, kind of detonated even further the desire to explore and to travel. How, how um, so? What happened? What happened in Mongolia? Like what felt? What what was that? You know? Yeah. Because it always seems so obvious to to you when you're living it. Like oh yeah, it was obviously. But no, it's not. You there's something that happens that's probably a very simple click, 
but it makes you see the world completely differently. Yeah. I mean, so I like I like to travel and had before moving there, but I think the probably two big things about the move to Mongolia, one was um, going from a like suburban uh, private school to an international school where my friends were from all different countries. Um, so just really being exposed to a lot of to people from a lot more different walks of life and mm. background and cultures. Um, but also, quite frankly, just convenience, geography, mm. um, being in Mongolia in the middle of Southeast Asia, it was a great um, sort of base for mm. traveling to within the region. Um, so during that time, went to China. You went by yourself? You went, you just decided on these, this were, these were your first solo travels. No. Well, so part of it with family, um, most of this was through school. So not entirely sola, I guess, mm -hmm. um, like with friends from school um, or through school organized trips um, or with my sister because she would come and visit. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just much more accessible. And I think the more you travel the more comfortable you become doing it as well so then it's also that in a way becomes a launch pad to eventually say yeah why not i'll mm -hmm. do this trip alone yeah versus um with somebody else or with a group no for sure it's a huge vantage point right to have a, a surrounding that is already comfortable with being uncomfortable right yeah it's it's definitely something to take into consideration because there's even i think some studies done that on a cognitive level if you have ancestors or you have uh yeah if you have ancestors who traveled you're already predisposed to having more of an adventurous personality mm. so there's certainly something to be said about that however i'm sure that you met different people who had um, that's the interesting part. You met different people on these trips that probably inspired you to be more open because of their openness, ironically. Yeah, and also I, I would say generally, generally for traveling, but also for traveling sola. Mm. I think um, it's become a lot more popular recently in recent years to travel alone. Um, I definitely started to meet people through my travels that were traveling alone. And mm. so that also kind of sparks curiosity um, or in a strange way as a sola traveler gives you a little bit of confidence to mm. do that yourself. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of people, it can be daunting, um, whether you're a man or a woman, to... Mm -hmm travel alone just because you know you're navigating a new place a new culture alone it's kind of like what do you what do you do who do you spend time with mm -hmm. um a lot of these things but i think also an added layer of that being a woman there is you know obviously many other um considerations just in terms of safety and all of that so um but i think the the more you meet like-minded individuals, mm -hmm. the more it also kind of encourages you to 
Nalini's dog's in the background, <laughs> needing attention. Um, the more it encourages you to explore that path for yourself as well. Yeah. Do you remember meeting anyone in particular who stood out to you like, as like, wow, you just did this by yourself? Um, so one of my good friends, Hannah, um, this, I met her quite a bit later than my time in Mongolia. Um, she's a friend from DC, but I think she was a good example of one of those people that you meet and that kind of inspires you or makes you second guess why you've thought that you couldn't travel alone or mm -hmm. why you've limited yourself. Mm. I think the majority of trips that Hannah does have been alone and you know it's not like she's going to LA she's mm -hmm. going to like Turkmenistan and Iran and um, just really interesting places that I think um, people would be hesitant perhaps to go to anyways and much more so alone yeah so, how do you think she what did, what did you learn from her before embarking on your own trips about maybe how to get in that mind frame or how to equip yourself? Yeah, I think it's just an attitude of go for it. Hmm. Um, and I want to do this. I This seems interesting. It's something I'm excited about. So why not? I think the kind of the most important thing is being excited mm -hmm. about something. Um, I think it's like anything in life, harder to make yourself do something if you're like, dreading it mm. or you're not really wanting to do it um so i think with travel um trying to focus on the positive of course i think in any situation there's anxieties or insecurities or something that may come up yeah but because you're doing also like you do things that to me just seem <laughs> unnecessary like <laughs> i i'm like maybe a little more of a posh traveler at this stage like i'll rough it with wi-fi you know <laughs> like i'll make sure there's water i'm typically at either like sea level or you know a, a decent altitude but you have this thing and you literally just got back from this weekend climbing for i don't know i still don't know why because it looks miserable uh, to the naked eye my eye my silly um, layman's eye that does not get as adventurous as you do. But you find, I like admire it so much. You're always going to these kinds of extreme adventurous places. Like that's not my thing. My thing is like cities. <laughs> and you're a next level solo traveler. You're like an aventurera. Yeah, I mean, I think to the point of what like, how do you get yourself motivated or excited um, about these trips? I guess to the point of adventure, I love adventure. I'm definitely an adventure, adrenaline experience seeker. So I think that honestly is part of what helps me like be positive and look mm. forward to things because it's like it's it's pushing yourself it's being outside of your comfort zone whether it's climbing a 17,000 foot volcano or yeah. just traveling alone to a foreign country like in either situation there are um, challenges and anxieties that come up but I feel like the 
I don't know, I guess my motivator is also just knowing, like, you have to, there's, <laughs> for, for lack of a less cliche phrase, mm-hmm. um, no gain without pain. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I guess the motivator is like, there might be some uncomfortable or challenging situations, mm-hmm. but this is going to be an awesome, unique experience that I wouldn't have if I wasn't willing to put myself out there. That's amazing. I'm just thinking, so if you were to name maybe one of the most extreme of your journeys that you've taken alone, which one do you think it would be? Because for me, it was our trip to Tijuana, which I'll get back to, but like, <laughs> certainly that's not what it was for you. So which one do you think it would be? Um... So it depends, I guess, on the type of challenge, Mm. right? Um, I think challenge in terms of, or extreme in terms of more of a physical, mental challenge Mm. almost would be more of the um, physically challenging trips (laughs) that I've done, like Like hiking trips. Like uh, this past summer, I went backpacking in Yosemite Mm -hmm. uh, for five days and that was you know heat bringing all your it was extremely hot bringing all your food hiking with all your stuff camping filtering your own water um, literally bushwhacking your way through mountains because there are no trails um, that sort of thing but I think another I'm just my, my I'm just shaking my head right now. So <laughs> but yeah, okay. Um, or this uh, volcano I just climbed this past weekend. That that was probably the most extreme thing that I've really? done. Do you look at Do you look at um, photos? Like, do you look? I mean, because I remember once you flew in to Tijuana, and you went, or I think you were in Sonora, and. This I just love this about you. Like you had a, you had a how do you call it a um, convention for a couple of days, mm-hmm. and then you all of a sudden you're sending me photos of like tacos on the beach somewhere completely alone. Do you remember this trip? You were uh, in Sonora, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yes. And and so I feel like you don't even realize it, but these the things that guide you are the little pleasures. Yeah, for sure. You, um, you do some research before, I'm almost positive, about like what you're going to see. If you don't, then I don't understand your, your modus operandum. Well, yeah, landscapes and food are my main motivators yeah. in life. It's not, so. it's not thing. it seems obvious to you, but like if I've never, if, if you say, Ricky, I want you to go to the top of this mountain and be like, what is going to be on the menu for lunch you know like yeah we need to find those things so don't don't uh undermine or not undermine like play down the fact that food and views seem to keep you going to some great extremes yeah and that's okay (laughs) i think if we all simplified like it's like i i talk a lot about mindset and like getting out of your comfort zone and but it's like sometimes i just want a good taco and I'll go somewhere for a quesadilla that's worth it, you know? Yeah. 
And I think you would too. And I think we 100%. have to recognize <laughs> how simple it is, but that that level of motivation is also very innately human and joyful. Just be like, I just... Well, yeah. I mean, I think that... <laughs> Like, why would you do anything if you're not getting some joy out of it? That's the thing. I, I, it makes me question um, how much you really need to complicate getting out of your head to go travel alone. It's like, honestly, you just go get, like, say you just want to go get a croissant, like, and that could be your thing. Yeah, I do think there's an element... I think that's a driver for sure. I think it's... Um, <laughs> For people who are more introverted or shy or socially anxious sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. Because we, we talk a lot. Nalini and I have traveled a few times together. But, um, you know, I think the one time we literally looked at each other as an 18-wheeler. I somehow ended up driving headfirst into the off-ramp of a freeway somewhere around Ensenada and I kind of think it spoke to how much you and I have like traveled really and also yoga because I don't think you can do these things without yoga but we just looked at this truck coming towards us basically about to kill us and just looked at each other and we're like yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> like it was like the most calm, peaceful like acceptance of like, well, is this yeah, how? This I is mean, where we're at. Yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we got very lucky, and um, they actually stopped for us. I think, right? Like, I don't even remember. Yeah. I think they re they realized what was happening. Yeah, and I don't think anyone wanted to die that day. No, so. <laughs> no, we got very lucky. But that moment when you look at each other and you're like. Is that, I mean, of all the stupid things I've done, this is it? Because that will happen too. You're not not taking risks. Yeah. But, okay, so bring that up. That trip, I also realized, I, I didn't know this about myself because I actually think of myself as introverted, but I'm super social when I travel. And you told me that you're not. No. Well, so my natural tendency I guess is a bit more on the side of social anxiety mm. so while there are while I there are things that I love about traveling alone and there are motivators like food and <laughs> landscapes and those sort of things there's also the very real element of navigating that when you are somebody that's not necessarily um, like going to be chatting people up in a restaurant in a, or a bar and making friends and hanging out with people for the evening that way. Mm. Um, I know we both uh, have strong feelings about eating alone, positive ones. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's also a, a skill that takes a lot of time to cultivate yeah. to be okay doing that. I definitely had a lot of moments alone where you like you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to go to this restaurant and then you arrive and it's really packed or mm. it's really empty or whatever the case may mm. be. And just like the mental mind games almost to be like, just walk in like mm -hmm. it's fine. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. No one's looking at you like it's not going to be weird. It's 
It's like, always weird, though. They, they make it weird. But, like, you know, just being like, yeah, I, w- I want this meal. I yeah. want to eat here. Like, that's fine. Um, and, and doing that and having it either pushing your limits and forcing yourself. I don't want to say forcing, but kind of, yeah, testing your comfort zone to be social or... Also just saying, you know what, that's fine. I don't need to be social. I'm happy having this meal here mm-hmm. by myself. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. Because you, I mean, I'm sure you've made friends on your travels. Like I've actually seen you run into people you've met on travels before. Yeah. In the middle of the street who still remember you. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a fine line. Um, I will say, though, that the times I've, traveled alone and did probably push myself a bit more to socialize um I've never been disappointed Mm. um I remember one time being in um Guatemala actually and I was going with my friend Hannah but she was joining me a, a few days later so I arrived to Guatemala City first and was spending a few days there alone um, and like many places in the world and in Latin America, everybody tells you it's so dangerous. Mm. Uh, you know, don't go out, don't do this at night, don't walk around, blah, 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 Only blah, blah. Eat McDonald's, um, like, yeah. basically. So maybe part of it was having that in the back of my mind of, okay, I, I, I want to do things, but I also am not going to take unnecessary risks mm-hmm. and go explore a city that I don't know where is good, where is not good alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it kind of pushed me to socialize with people at the hostel I was staying and everyone was great. We ended up going for like a city bike tour and mm-hmm. it was really nice. We had a really awesome time. Um, yeah, you're not losing a solo experience because you use survival mechanisms to create community and a safety net like you're not losing an experience because you didn't hide in like a I don't know where you go to hide (laughs) like a monastery (laughs) yeah I don't know like I I just think that's important to clarify right like you're also it's also like a natural safety net which um, I probably do it extremely like to the other extreme where I'm like, must find safety net, must be the whole city, must have phone numbers and blood types by day one, and yours is more subtle. But but it's no, it's not bad. It's like a very logical safety trick. Yeah, I I do think that's one of the, um, I don't want to say misconceptions maybe about traveling alone. I feel like it. Sometimes there is kind of the expectation that, oh, if you're traveling alone, then that means you're doing everything alone or you're Mm. having like your completely sola experience. Mm. I think part of the beauty of traveling alone is that you do have that sola experience. You get to, you have a lot more freedom about what you want to do, your movements, that sort of thing. But I think part of the nice thing too is being able to find like-minded people and mm. community and connecting with new people um, in a way that you also don't necessarily do if you 
go somewhere with your four best friends. Yeah, people are probably more open too about sharing things that you would never know what they would actually share with you if they weren't in the same situation. Yeah. You know? Like, but when you're just thrown out there, the the need to it's a safety mechanism. I mean, not to make it sound unromantic, but it really is. I need to form community. That is my that is something I think we learned through the years of being a woman alone in cities specifically where people are telling you this is a dangerous place. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to get, you know, my bearings, however I need to, so that I can make that decision for myself, right? Yeah, Hmm. exactly. And I think just being able to, I think this is just something that any person who travels gets better at doing, but being able to reasonably measure or mitigate risk in any place. Mm. I mean, quite frankly, there's risk in any big city you're in, whether it's in North America or South America or Asia, there's just, there's always some risk. Mm -hmm. So I think part of it is being prudent, knowing that you there are certain risks that just aren't worth taking, but also not letting that kind of fear mentality um, limit you necessarily from experiencing certain things. Yeah, look for the positive first, I think is what you're saying has helped you. Like find the little things that are gonna make it worthwhile. Cause I never hear you come back from a trip necessarily with like, it was terrible. It was like, I got sick. And it's like, I'm sure you have, but realistically, you know, I think you focus on the positives and going into that with the mindset that that's how it's going to go also makes it flow better, right? Which, which I'm assuming would, would invite less uh, negativity, would invite less mm, dangerous experiences, would invite less, um, I don't know. I mean, there are things you can't plan, but, but it is a lot of energetic thinking Mm -hmm. and yeah. Well, I personally have learned a lot. Uh, Maybe one day, Nalini, I will get myself to climb a mountain. Um, But I also am the person who climbed Teotihuacan in heels because I forgot to bring sneakers. So, and that's why I tell you, yeah, you're my practical friend. Like when I'm there, you will be the first one I will consult and I will, I will be happy. I will be happier for it. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the person that like with my partner before we leave the house, I'm like, did you bring a sweater? It's going to be cold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you have your wallet? Do you have your keys? (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to do anything frivolously. Just know you've got it all in the bag. That's what I think you're getting at. Like. No, you've got it all in the bag, but, and don't be, af- don't be afraid. Tell me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't be afraid to look for a safety net wherever you go either. Yeah. Be prepared. Be prepared. Have fun, but be prepared. That's my girl. Well, you heard it here on the Solo Traveler podcast. Nalini is sharing with us all her amazing experiences, the best ways to get pumped up for uncomfortable trips. 
Um, I hope you'll follow me on Instagram at the underscore sola underscore traveler. And stay tuned for episode five.